There they are. Everybody come up on to. Yeah, please come and join me, and I'll introduce you when you when come. Hi, thanks very much for staying um, after that extraordinary first episode and some glimpses of the next three that we witnessed. Um, I'm Mark Lawson. More importantly, these are six of the people involved with tonight's drama. Quadjo Dejan is the producer and responsible, according to Jeff Pope, sitting next to him for the entire thing. We'll find out about that shortly. Paul Whittington, director, has worked with Jeff on many other uh, dramas, including The Moor Side, which we discussed here earlier this year at BAFTA. Um, Stephen Graham, who you saw playing uh, the detective Ned Kelly um, in the drama. Sinead Keenan, who played uh, Reese's mother, and Brian F. O'Byrne, who played his father. So we're going to talk for a bit, and then there are microphones out, out there, and we'll take questions um, from you. Um, Quadjo, as Jeff landed you in it at the beginning and said that it was entirely down to you that this got made, we should start with you. So all, all those times when Jeff said that you fought for it to be made, you, you'd always seen uh, that there was this potential drama there. Yeah, I mean, first of all, uh, it wasn't all down to me. There, it was a fantastic team effort. There, was a, there were a lot of people involved, and um, I think everyone played a really important part in this. Um, I think... The thing that really got me was um, when I first heard the story, it was an 11-year-old boy who had no involvement in any wrongdoing. Um, he was coming home from football, and um, 30 years ago, that would have been me. You know, the, just the injustice of it all um, really bothered me. And uh, I think the more I looked into the story, the more I spoke to people connected to the case, um, the more I felt it was uh, an important story to be told. And I think conversations initially with Jeff and later on with Paul, as we all sort of um, kicked it around, the more um, convinced we were that it was an important story to tell. And um, there it was so many wide implications for this case. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's one that we're all really proud to have eventually told. And Jeff, in your introduction to the film, yeah. you, you referred to this kind of work, and you've done uh, so much of it. Do, do you have a favoured term, um, reality-based drama, or fact-based drama, or docudrama, all these terms that dreaded critics yeah. use? Um, uh, true, true story. Yeah. True story. I mean, my job title is factual drama, but I think it's about this happened. That's the thing that I think puts the audience in a certain frame of mind. Um, and... Um, prepares you for for what follows. The fact that that, that storylines don't run um, in an, in, a, in a, a, a a perfect shape, you know, you embrace the idiosyncrasies. I think is 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 the part of the technique. I just wanted to talk to um, all of you about the the level of emotion that is in that drama, because you could hear it clearly in the audience, and um, that is properly given the. Uh, tragedy, the story, a great deal of um, crying and so on. How do you, I was interested, I want to talk more about the um, emergency uh, room scene in a moment, but 
as a point of comparison, um, doctors are they're trained to keep a clinical distance from it, and we see an amazing example of that, which I want to talk about. But for you working on this kind of stuff, I mean, is it how do you approach that uh, material, uh, uh, Brian and Sinead, material that is as emotional as this? How do you? Is there a special way of approaching it as an actor? Um, I don't know if there's any particular formula to it, but and each actor is different. But I think with a story like this, which isn't just a story, unfortunately, it's a true story. And um, the very fact that it happened, that someone has suffered this loss, I think if, if, if you've got an ounce of empathy in your being, it's, and, and you know, it's all on the page as well, so well written, it, it makes it your job as an actor so much easier, I suppose. Um. But the, the atmosphere on set, because um, you've been a, a huge number of productions of different kinds, we know on some film sets, um, there's a lot of mucking around and joking and... Uh, you know, it's difficult to talk about this in a... In a as, as an actor. Yeah. It feels stupid to even talk about it. And I don't mean that in a... In a mm. Obviously, we have to... This is an interview, so... Yeah. But um, the fact is, Mel and Steve, we, we went home mm. and had families. Sorry. <coughs> I haven't seen it, I just saw it. So it seems redundant to talk about acting in this. Now, obviously, it's a job and we acted. The one thing about the set was that Quadro, Jeff, and Paul put together, and everybody that's involved in it, was there was an incredible amount of respect in doing it. And everyone was there to shoot the thing for as Steve's character says, and as Dave's thing was, for, for the three people. So they were foremost in everybody's mind, Steve and Mel and Owen. How we got there, look at It's horrendous yeah. what happened. Now, uh, Paul creates a space that we all get to investigate in that, so it's not rushed. So we all felt like we were trying to tell the truth with the, the deepest... Um, respect towards the real people. That was all. Now, on top of that, everyone was very nice. Now, because, A, we took the job, we were paid terribly by ITV. <laughs> and and, and so, so we weren't going in there to make money. <laughs> Obviously, if, if any of us work with them again, we'd be paid a lot better. <laughs> ITV. But, but so, with, with that provisio, though, it was, uh, I've never worked in anything where everyone came in a, Mm. Uh, full of gratitude for their own lives not having to be this. Mm. And, I, and I mean that from the, the, the boys who were playing, the, the guys who were the perpetrators as well. I think we all came going, I'm glad that's not me. Mm. And Stephen playing the lead detective and Paul who directed it, as we know, there is um, a huge genre of um, crime drama on TV. So both of you, I assume, you had to approach that, that you wanted something that was not... Um, so we be honest? Yeah. What, yeah. I used to say to him, tell me if I'm doing the bill. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I am, then it's shit. <laughs> uh, as all of us, you know, and it was... Uh, it's going back to, to Echo, what Brian said. That's the first time, time I've seen it. It's, it's exceptionally emotional. 
are, and it's, it's such a strong, powerful piece, and it's an absolute honor and a privilege to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, and with the atmosphere on the set created by our governor, you know, he, he, what, what he did was, you know, there was a, the amount of trust on that set with, uh, with every one of us meant that you were never afraid to, to, to really delve into the subject, you know what I mean, and, and to, bring, to bring everything to it, uh, because it's such a sensitive subject. Um, and it, and it, you have an integrity and a duty to play to the best of your ability, which was always, I have to say, down to our director. You know, he, he set the tone of, I mean, the script was magnificent. We, once we all got over the, the fact that it's a true event, you know, because you, that, 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 that does resonate deep within you. But once you get over that and you have to move, move that aside, because otherwise you can go into your own head too much, I think. That's true. To be honest. But then it's down to our governor, do you know what I mean? And, and what he did was he created a space where we can all play and we can find it. And there's certain days where we can't find it. There's certain days where, you know, she's like an old pipe. She's cried that many times. So, <laughs> so she finds a different way of, pre of creating and finding something. And it's all down to the governor on set, personally. That's, that's my opinion. Mm. Um, and it, and it's, the, it's the talent. You know, it's the talent. The, what, what I, and I do, I don't, I'm sorry, I just feel the need to say this. You know, what them kids did and what them kids are, you know, there's, there's, you have to look at the young kids that played them kids and, I th and the, the, the talent in them, in them young people that gave them performances there that continue to go on when you see the rest of it. The performance are unbelievable from every one of them, from every one of the, you know, it was an honor to be a part of in that respect. The amount of talent that was on that set and the camera work, you know, that one particular shot where she comes out the house in the car, yeah. you're in that journey, your heart's mm. going with it. I mean, that was a that's an amazing shot. That's yeah. Scorsese shit, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, so in that respect of it being a medium, which it is a medium, yeah. you know, we are telling a story, it is a medium. That's what we do, that's our job, that's our duty. So to be a part of something like this is, is, is an absolute honor and an absolute pleasure, it really is. One aspect of that medium though, because the, um, emergency room scene was one of the most real, perhaps the most realistic uh, such scene I've ever seen on screen. And I was struck looking at the credits the first time I saw it, that there's an unusual credit, because it says emergency room doctor, doctor so-and-so, and therefore I guessed as a trained journalist that he was real. But in fact, that um, a number of them are. Uh, they're all, all of them. Were. They're all, yeah. all of them. Were. So that's the real emergency room team. It is, yeah. And we, when we approached the, the stage directions on, on the script for, for that scene was... Reese, Mel travels with Reese into a trauma room and the, and the team start their work. And, uh, and that was pretty much... It. That was a cop-out, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know all that. So it was improvised. So it was clear, well, the, the only way, felt, we felt like yeah. the only way to do that properly was to do it with a trauma team, with the, with the real people. Mm. And we had... Um, so we gathered together from, I think they were from different hospitals, weren't they, around hospitals. Liverpool. We, we recruited that team and, and, and all the individuals came with their different roles. Uh, we had access to uh, Reese's uh, medical records in terms of how he presented when he arrived in the trauma room. And we were able to, to share those with those guys. And, and really it was then... Um, allowing them to take the lead, really, and relying on their expertise and us making sure that we caught it on camera. The thing that will astonish lots of people, I think, Jeff Quadjo, is that, um, and it shows you how, and obviously it's, they're different genres, but it shows you how um, melodramatic some medical 
dramas are, yeah. was the astonishing calm, even to the extent yeah. of there being a guy who's almost like a critic or an observer yeah. who just stands at the side. Now, I don't think a writer would have got to that, would they? No, no. I, 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 that was the thing that absolutely astonished me when, when Paul put together the, the, the cut of that scene, was the, the guy that yeah. arms crossed and said, OK, try this, try that. When you think about it, it makes huge sense, doesn't it, that you've got someone calm who knows, mm. who, who's able to take a, 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 the, the, the wider view and stand back, as you say. That was, but again, what, what I noticed today was when he, he says the word, after the next round of whatever it is, I think we should stop. And the word stop, mm. Mm. just, yeah. oh, mm. sorry. And, and all those nurses um, who were real nurses, when, it, when, they, when he went around and said, okay, okay, they're crying, you know. Yeah. It was amazing mm. that, that you, mm. to get that from, mm. you know. And the, the scene, and then your, your interactions with the real, that was improvised, was it, with the medics? Yeah, yeah. So when Brian thanks him and so on. No, 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 no when you thank him, that was that real. Was, that, was, yeah. Yeah. that was scripted. That was scripted, yeah. yeah. Mm. And that, the decision that um, any actor has to make, and Jeff has set this decision for a lot of actors, is whether to meet the, re the real-life model, uh, if available, which in this case they were available. So the three of you, if you could, di did you talk to the person you were playing? Sinead? Uh, yeah, myself and Brian, um, we met Mel and Steve together, along with Quadjo and Jeff, um, in their house, actually. And we spent about two hours, guts of two hours with them. Um, and they were very nice, very warm, very open um, with, with their story, experience, for want of a better word. Um, and that was it. Um, Steve then did come on set one of the days when we were in the court. Um, but Mel, Mel didn't, Mel chose not. I, I think it only takes, if I may, not, obviously not an actor, but, but it, it, my observation is I think it takes you so far. Mm. And then, really, we're not asking for an imitation. We're not well, no, asking, that's the next yeah, thing I was going to ask. Yeah. No, no, don't worry, no. You, I was no, going to say, yeah. yeah. So we go, no, but what I was interested in is what it is, we, what I'm interested in is what you wanted as actors from. Well, well, I think, I think, I, yeah, I think just to respect what we said before, and then we kind of, uh, uh, I don't know if I said it to Steve or something, but I think we may have actually said, listen, we're not going to do you, <laughs> but we're, we're, then, our, as Stephen just said, you know, we, then our job is to create a scene, and if it's not working, if the dynamic doesn't feel right in the scene, because it happened in a certain precise way, is of no use if it's no. not dramatic, or if it's not, if we're not trying to create something so so the we weren't we weren't impersonating them in no. any way mm -hmm. you know what i mean and and uh, and so, so we got to uh, I think I think what we went when we were going we were basically just going to say listen we're going to do our best not not to to not to cause you any more suffering or pain, mm. just so that There's you will be okay in the next yeah. nine weeks, so that you will be fine. Out of respect. You know, that you know. You, you're not sitting at home going, what are these people doing? Who mm. are they? Are they, you know, terrible people? And do you at some level feel you need, I mean, regardless of anything legal or anything, which is a different issue, but need their permission? Do you want that at some? Do you feel you need that before playing? Someone, particularly in those circumstances. Well, obviously, I came to it knowing that they that this was fully that they were. I don't know. I understand the that it was. No, I mean, you as an actor, though, does it 
do you want some kind of feeling from them that they're okay uh, with this? Um, I've, I've, I've never played a real person before. Um, and I, I, did, did, I, we knew that Mel and Steve were, were welcome to meeting us, whether we wanted to or not, and I wasn't sure. I, but um, it, again, it, for me, I can only speak for myself, it was to meet them as a mark of respect. Again, it wasn't an impersonation. Uh, I, I wasn't going there. You know, with the mind to go Ooh, now. Tell me exactly what was happening in this scene in your mind, because that's personal to that woman. That's her private, <laughs> awful business, um, and that's not for me to pick my way through. Um, as you we were saying, it is a true story, but at a certain point, then you have to make it. You take a step back a little bit and make it into. I think some of the I've, power. I've, sorry, yeah. I've played a few real people, but they've all been dead, so <laughs> so it's hard to talk to them. <laughs> but in the respect of, I'm just, you know, trying to lighten the mood a little bit. But in the respect, <laughs> in the respect of, of Wit Dave, what I got from that um, and the wanting to meet, and we sat and we had a cup of tea and, that, and we went and we all went to the, to the pub just around the corner and had a little bite to eat and stuff. He's here now, isn't he? Is Dave here? Yeah. 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 Uh, for, me, for me personally, what I, what I got from it. Was he any good, did you think? Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Dave. That's, that's actually a compliment coming from you. Um, what I what I got from it through meeting Dave was was I I, I got to see a, an insight into the man behind. What what I take what I took from that meeting, me personally was his tenacity, and his desire and his conviction, and his you know he'd give it everything. His, his slightly maverick approach to to getting everybody and and that tenacity and desire and drive was something that I took away from that sitting down with him in his own house having a cup of tea and for me there was one particular incident as well because you know because because like you said uh, and no disrespect because they have their own place but the police dramas and stuff like that are, are what they are and stuff and and, that, and that's that they're brilliant they're fantastic please don't stop me from doing any of them <laughs> but they're great but what I wanted to do was I wanted to see something into the real man and see what it was that really drove him and I had one moment when we were at his house and, and you know and I, and I saw that little chink in his arm and it, it was it was it was the fact that it was an 11 year old boy uh, and it, it could happen to you know if, if we're all if you're fortunate fortunate enough to have children it could happen to you at any time no matter what part of the country it is where in the world it is because you know, a child shouldn't literally be, what, three and a half minutes away from where a gun is now that another child is going to kill him with. So it could be anywhere in the world in that respect, and it's a universal story in my eyes. But what I saw was that chink in, in, in his armour, which showed me, you know, it was the fact that I was a little boy, and he was going to stop at anything to get everybody involved. He was going to stop at nothing, sorry, until he got everybody involved. You were going to say something. No, I was going to say just in terms of um, the performances and and not um, impersonating. I think with a story like this, um, this years and years of research, and so a lot of it was on the page. And so for the actors um, not wanting to speak for you, a lot of it was just feeling it. You know, not trying to copy anything. And um, from the beginning, honesty was a big part of what we wanted to achieve. And I think. Just the fact that they honestly felt those emotions and went through it, I think, um, played a massive part in it. And and in, in some ways, in not trying to um, impersonate, 
they gave a truer account of what it's like to go through that experience. And um, you know, we Jeff and I subsequently showed the piece to um, Mel and Steve, and that was the first thing they said was just how honest they felt the portrayals were. And there were things that um, both um, Brian and Sinead would have done that they may or may not have been conscious of, but were so on the mark and exactly how they would do it that they were surprised that you were able to capture it because they didn't explain that to you. You just felt it and went with it. And I think across the piece, it was about um, people just being really honest and, and feeling it and going through it. And unfortunately, having to put yourself in that situation. And that was something that I think strengthened it. And Jeff, you and I talked many times over the years about various projects of yours about that caption that has to go at the beginning mm. for legal reasons about some scenes or conversations have been imagined. Presumably, as is in my experience and your work always the case, I mean, the absolute astonishing lines like, I'm going to have to arrest you if you touch your yeah. child, and I've had the Prime Minister on the phone. Yeah. Uh, essentially, the more unlikely it seems, the more likely it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the other thing that, of course, Stephen got when he met Dave was the pickaxe handle. Yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. Was, uh, which was very, very unbilled. The enforcer. Um, yeah. The, 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 the caption is, is being honest. There, there are, I mean, um, Mark and uh, Mark's wife, Jackie, of course, who was, who was, and Donna, of course, Dave's wife, who was also depicted. But, but um, Dave and Mark would tell you that there were 30, 40, 50 officers that would have been involved over the course of that investigation, and that's boiled down to half a dozen. Um, so you, 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 it, it's, it's being honest, it's saying, it, it's saying, of course, there's some conflation, there's uh, the, some, some work on the chronology to make it more understandable and work as a drama, but there's nothing in it that hasn't got its foot uh, either directly or, 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 or half in something that's happened. So everything comes out of something. It's not, no, no out-and-out fiction. And another writing decision I assume you have to mm. make, Jeff, was how, to what extent Reese would be established as a character mm. before his death. And it's astonishing because clearly he's a presence throughout the entire thing, and probably mm. so. But you do, there's, there's just one, one moment. Mm. Did you try it other ways, or did you always know that it would be minimal? That was Quajo. I, I, the original first draft had no Reese. It, she's ironing, and, and then there's a knock at the door, and uh, it's, you know, your son. Uh, something's happened to your son. Um, and it was Quajo who said, you, you need, I think we need to see him before you get the news. So then, then, then um, and one, of my, one of the cleverest bits of direction from Paul was the way that, so the first time it's, you know, it's Reese himself. Yeah. Second time, you, she thinks it's not, and the camera drifts off to the door, and then it is, it is very serious. Um, and we've met Reese, and we know about him. Um, then the, the, where, where the other... Well, I, could, I was going to say got lucky, but you know the, the hard work in, in casting him was the, was the little lad who played him, Sonny. Um, I can't tell you how delighted um, Mel and Steve were with how Sonny played Reese. Mm. Such a difficult thing for him to do as well. He was only a young lad, wasn't it? Cried when we had to shave all his hair off because <laughs> he had a, a flop, you know, a, a Janet, Janet laughing. I can't she had to do it. Um, the, uh, uh, but he was just, there was something about him, you know, he, he just, it's what Stephen said, there's, there's, there's I can see a, a lot of the, um, the young guys here, they, they just threw themselves into it, heart and soul, and, and you know, we, we got, 
we got lucky. Okay, we've got some microphones out there, so we'll take questions. If you want to complain about your portrayal by anyone on stage, <laughs> then um, uh, do or any questions or observations. Um, yes, there's a hand there if we get a microphone. Anyone on this side, if you want to grab one so we can do as many as possible? Okay, um, this is really an observation. Um, we talked, um, Stephen and uh, Jeff spoke a lot about talent coming out of Liverpool. Well, in front of us, we've got three very talented actors, only one I can talk about. I met him about 25 years ago on a football pitch, and I think he was four, 14, Stephen? Yeah. Yeah? In Willie Russell's film, um, Dancing oh, Through the Dark. Through the... Oh, you're a cheeky monkey then, you're still a cheeky monkey now. And I've come here to salute you, Stephen. I think you're a fantastic actor. You've formed yourself a fantastic you career. And if anybody's in this audience want to be uh, actors, young actors, you're a fantastic example, and I knew when I first met you, you probably don't remember me, I was the first AD, and I didn't cast you, I think Annie Russell cast you. Yes, you did. And I've come here tonight to say hello, and um, just to say, um, you know, well done with your career, and I, I really salute you, Stephen. Thank well you very much. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Any, anybody over there who'd like to... Then we'll come across the middle. Anyone on that side? Don't be shy. Anyone in the middle who'd like to? I, just while we're waiting yeah. for the many questions, <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to, uh, to, to just publicly uh, thank Everton Football Club. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was the. It was. It was. When was it, Paul? It was against West Ham, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. End of October. End of October. Yeah. And um, well, you 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 say it more eloquently than me, but it was just a, an amazing afternoon, that wasn't it? It was an three minutes. It was an incredible it? experience. Yeah, I think we had well, it was about four a four minute window yeah. at half time to go out and get that sequence, and um, and we really didn't know what we were going to get until we went out there in terms yeah. of a crowd being there, staying in their seats at half time. We'd done a publicity <coughs> run in the run-up to that game, um, telling the, the fans what we were doing, what we, the sequence that we wanted to recreate. But really, it wasn't until we were out on the pitch side, ready to shoot, did we know whether we were going to get anything or not. Then we, and we all sort of marched out down the touchline and lined up and looked around, and there was 38,000 people still in their seats. Wow. Um, and it was breathtaking, actually. And, and it felt so much more than just a crowd participating in a, in a TV drama. They were there for the real, for Mel and mm. Steve, for the Jones family. Mm. I dare say many thousands of that crowd would have been there for the, the, the real event itself 10 years previously. And did you, this is half time of a real recent game, so you, but you, uh, Goodison Park would have slightly changed and the shirts have changed. You had to dress it, presumably, did you? It, well, no, there was, there was, what we didn't want to do was get into a lot of sort of CGI work in a sequence yeah. like that, which would, would get in the way and didn't want to kind of lock the cameras down. It had to be sort of organic. There had to be a connection between these guys and the crowd. So there was a sort of, there was a minimal amount of cleaning up old advertising logos yeah. and, and, and a, a board about Ronald Koeman. And that was, a, that was about it, really, to bring it. Still, it. still sponsored right. by Chang, aren't Still the same sponsor. It was very God, that's, yeah, yeah. that's very yeah. rare. Yeah. I've got a question for you. That shot that I was on about, 
Yeah. That magnificent shot. The Scorsese. Had, yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's, that's Scor Scorsese esque all day long. With our fantastic DOPs over here. Here's Adam, here's Adam there. Yeah. yeah. What, how did that come about? Because that, that, if you just explained the intricacies that went into that shot, please. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a moment give it away. No, go on. I mean, what, the reason for doing it that way was from the moment. Wanting to experience the moment with Mel from the moment she gets the knock on the door to the moment she arrives with Reese, and for that to be unbroken. Yeah. And, the, and the, we, we kind of felt that there would be an intensity about that experience and to be with her on her shoulder throughout, not to cut away, not to cut away to Steve on the other end of the phone, to actually, because the truth is, the journey, as you know, yeah, the, the journey from house the fir tree, the real journey, is that short. Mm -hmm. It is less than a minute in a car. That Reese died literally half a mile up the road from where Mel and Steve lived. So it was, that was an important part of the storytelling as well. Um, but our locations didn't serve that so well. Our, we, I think we were in Warrington, weren't we? Yeah. we and we were the, the, our fir tree was a long way away from where Mel and Steve's house was, so we had to stitch. That's there's essentially two shots in that single yeah, shot. You can't, I can't see it. And, and there's a cut in yeah. there. So just but take us through the technicalities. So he was literally just running, running So he was literally behind, just running. And I, like I said, I mean, you know, we've got to hand it over to a phenomenal crew, the DOP. And, a, and for me, it's a masterclass in focus pulling. Yeah, well it because, is. It's proper. Because it's a handheld camera running from inside the house. Yeah out to the car. Getting into the... Well, as you, you took see, the door as you approach the car, off. As you approach the car, you'll see all the doors are on the car. There's a very skillful piece of operating that just pans off the car slightly as Sinead's getting in. At that point, a man is running in and taking the back door off the car. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. So the camera is then passed from one operator, from Adam right. the DOP, to Bibi, the operator, oh, sat lying down in the back seat at that point. <laughs> she sits up, takes the camera, Sinead's in, and we're off driving. Wow. On the other wow. side. And then, and then the, the other, other side. The other yeah. side and then there's a, there's a tiny cut in the, in the journey. <laughs> no one's um, And then the other side, when we arrive at the pub, is BB, uh, the camera operator, inside the car, and no door. And when the car stops, Sinead gets out. The camera is then handed to Adam, oh, who gets it on his shoulder, who chases Sinead. Um, God, to, talk about a masterclass. So, yeah. um, so that's, I thought it was the most expensive rig ever built. No, it's, people. No. it's, it's, it's two <laughs> really? camera operators running and oh, passing the camera yeah. to wow. the other and one. And how, how many Absolutely how many genius. Um, actually, probably that, not that many tapes. Was it five tapes? Something like five. I mean, rehearsed, we rehearsed it. No. You know, we rehearsed it before the day. We, yeah. we rehearsed, but I have to say the master classic focus pulling is the focus puller running behind the camera from mm. outside the house. Oh. And as the camera's going into the car, the focus puller is jumping into another car behind our car. <laughs> wow. To then yeah. follow it out. Um, so Steve, Stevie Smith was our focus puller, wasn't he? It's cinematic. It's a hell of a shot. Absolutely. And when you understand yeah, yeah. it, no, it really is. It, it's, it's the beauty of, of what, you know, what, what great craftsmen do. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and it's, and it's a piece of television which shows how seriously we're taking television now. Again, thankfully, do you know what I mean? I'm making great pieces and with such intricacies. And the, the shot is unbelievable. But I think what, what was really important for us as well was for it not to be one of those shots where people go, 
Oh, that's a great show. Yeah. yeah. You're just yeah. in the store. You're just in there. You, you're absorbed, but you watch it and never take your eyes off it. In a forum like this, how it was achieved. Yeah. yeah but again, but if you don't it was want to be real, like out. a medical Exactly. You, yeah. you, hopefully, yeah. an audience isn't taken out. Because your heart stops yeah. as soon as she gets the news and you go with yeah, her yeah, on that yeah. journey. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, over there. Uh, thank you very much indeed for this wonderful craftsmanship there down there. And I would like to know a bit more that kind of craftsmanship from Jeff. Because, because there are lots of tricks involved in that. Because you're facing with a sort of true story. Mm-hmm. You've got lots of chronology story. You've got lots of other things down there. And you're not a journalist. You're trying to go through the um, emotional truth rather than journalistic truth down there. And how do you decide? How do you, what process do you go to, uh, to decide what I'm going to put in yeah. what I'm going to take out yes. and then to come with such a compelling story. The, 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 it's an uh, uh, interesting question. The what you leave out is as important as what you put in, which I'm sure everyone can understand. Um, the process is initially uh, a huge amount of in- information gathering. So um, you, I don't feel in a position to make any of those decisions until I know every, as much as I possibly can. Um, then um, normally, um, say like appropriate adult or, or more side, which was which was recently, it's it's about dis- making a decision about what part of the story you're going to tell. That's that's the key, because if you try and tell everything, it'll just be a series of facts. This was slightly different, and what really um, clicked with me talking in the early days with with, with Quajo about this was the realization that we had the access with, with Dave um, and also with Mel and Steve. So already I'm thinking, okay, it's a multi-perspective um, that, 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 that you're going to be telling a little bit of the, the story from the point of view of Dave and the investigation and then understanding about the impact of everything on um, Mel and Steve. We also knew there was that young boy um, who we called Kevin Moody who went through the witness protection program. And quite late in the day came the Claire Olson story as well, which was the, um, the, the mum who saw, you know, she, she, she had, she's, it does an amazing uh, job in court in the last episode. So, so it's about gathering as much information as possible before you start to make those decisions. Okay, we've... Um... There's a lady down there, Mark. Sorry. Oh, sorry. She did ask. I saw you yeah. a few days ago. We were. We'll just get a microphone round. There you are. Two little questions. Did you reconstruct the CCTV? Yes. Yes, we did. Yeah. There, there was. It would have been far too um, upsetting to have any of the yeah, real. That's what I thought. And this will be the last question here. Yeah. I have a couple of questions. One probably a little bit more light-hearted, but um, one thing that was particularly poignant for me is around that sense it could be anybody, and as a father of two, it could be anybody, as Steve had mentioned. One of the things, I don't know if it's a north-south thing, but around that sense of community, and one thing that I took from the piece was around how community, some embraced you know, the, 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 the police inquiry versus the resistance of some, um, and something that we don't do so much in the south is that embrace that community piece. Mm. By shooting it in Liverpool, did you get a sense of of people were really embracing the production locally. Um, um, so that was my first question. And the sec- second question for Stephen is, 
there's a lot of blue there, and I saw you running around the pond there with your red. Was that, was that, a, was that a conscious thing that you needed to get that in? Do you want, do you want, do you want shall I tell you the actual answer? Yeah. Uh, lovely John bought me a really nice top for costume for going running in. Uh, I said to Archie, come ahead. We were 10 minutes away from Anfield. <laughs> I went to Anfield and I got a red hoodie. And then I come back, he didn't have a clue. He got ready to shoot and I ran. And then, went, and then he went to me, what's that top? And I went, and it had LFC on it. <laughs> so that was kind of how that happened. Yeah. 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 And on the community part, I think um, on a story like this, you have to get um, the community to embrace it. And um, I think I said in the past that um, it, it's in a lot of places, but Liverpool in particular is a place that really embraces their own. And um, one of the things I've said a number of times is that um, everyone, as soon as they knew that the family were behind it and had given their endorsement, everyone got behind us. Um, you know, it was, it was that thing. Everywhere we went, the first question we were asked were, are the family involved? And if the answer was yes, then people, you know, couldn't do enough to help us. And it's one of those things when you're telling a story like this, um, there were lots of questions early on. Is it safe to make it? Um, you know, what are the dangers, etc.? And the reality is, um, Liverpool as a as a city um, got behind it, and you know, uh, nowhere was that more evident than when we filmed at Goodison Park, for example. I mean, Paul made reference to the publicity that we put out. We literally put the um, the advert out on the Thursday before the game on Sunday. And by Friday, we'd had something like 300,000 hits of people saying we have to get behind this, and everyone got behind it. And um, you know, we we couldn't have asked for more, really. And um, I think that was one of the big takeaways for all of us. Just one tiny thing. Yeah. The interesting thing about Liverpool, I've, we, we, I've filmed there a couple of times now. And as a as a southerner, the thing that um, thing that really strikes me is you 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 can't get away with things there. This wouldn't happen in the South, but we'd be, we'd, we'd, we'd be in a taxi and we'd gone, I remember it vividly, we'd gone to see Mel and Steve. And we're in a taxi on the way back to Liverpool Station. And the taxi driver says, all right, lads, what are you doing? And it, immediately you're thinking, so we tried to say, oh, we're just, um, we're just uh, seeing a friend. Who? <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then, uh, and then I think we even stumbled through. Uh, we, 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 there was a football match on that night. We, we, we were watching the football. What were you watching the football on the telly for? Why have you come up here to watch it on the telly? You wouldn't let us get away with that. <laughs> you, 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 that, that sense, it, 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 I think it's a story about a city as, as, as well as, as much as anything else. Well, um, thank you very much to Brian, Sinead, uh, Stephen, Paul, Jeff and Quadjo. And uh, thank you very much to all of you. Thank you. And um, we look forward to the transmission of all four parts of Little Boy Blues. Thank you. Thanks.